welcome to Dental Appointment, a podcast by two dental students aiming to give you an insight into the world of dentistry. We will be discussing all things dental related, from dental applications to life as a dental student. We will also provide you with an insight into our own experiences, as well as talking to other members of the profession about a range of different topics to get their views and learn about the different opportunities after dental school. My name is Ryan. And I'm Becky. And this is Dental Appointment. In today's episode, we're joined by Faris Dent, a BDS4 student from King's College London. It's great to have you on, Faris. Yes, thank you. Hello. And I am very excited to be here in uh, a lot of anticipation for the England game tonight. So you know, it's going to be it's going to be a fun episode, I'm sure. Well, mm-hmm. thanks for drawing yourself away from the television to help us out tonight. <laughs> So just to jump into things, is there anything that sets your dental school apart from the rest? Um, see, King's is a is an interesting dental school. Like it's it's one of the only two London ones, and um, you know, in that sense, it's quite unique. I say the thing that I like the most about King's is there's a lot of emphasis on the research, so you can really get into dental research quite easily if you just have a little bit of initiative. Um, so yeah, for me, that's probably the thing that I find most cool, most unique. And I'm not sure how like in depth it is at other places. Mm-hmm. And was that something that stood out to you when you were researching the different dental schools? Uh, to be honest, no. At first, I was like anti research. I couldn't be bothered. I didn't think it was that interesting. <laughs> um, but just through experience and through going through going through the different years, it's something that I've just gravitated to more. Um, and as I said, Kings does give a lot of opportunities for you to do that, and allows you to really delve into the details of dentistry and you know the innovations and what's coming next in a sense mm-hmm. well that's nice so that you found it sort of sparked an interest elsewhere that you weren't really aware of yeah 100 percent. um i feel like at university in general you kind of find a lot of different things that you didn't know were cool mm-hmm. and you know this one sounds a bit nerdy but research is one that i've, <laughs> I've realized is quite an interesting <laughs> thing to go down yeah but i think that's what's good is you get a flavor of kind of everything at dental school and then it does spur mm-hmm. up things that you maybe didn't think that you'd be into um just to kind of touch upon the bds course at kings could you give us a kind of breakdown of what the different years are like and how that works yeah of course so uh, generally speaking, in your first year, it's kind of just a load of biomedicine. So you're kind of getting the fundamentals in understanding, you know, um, the different systems. I learned so much about cells that I thought I already knew from A-level. Um, so yeah, first year is kind of like building up the fundamentals. Second year, you, we start working on the phantom heads. So here we start doing the drilling and the filling in a sense, uh, doing different uh, filling materials, a lot of cons, a lot of you know, like conservative dentistry. And we also have something called the license to cut exam, which is this practical exam that gives us the permission to, you know, work with patients and actually do treatments. So second year is quite a pivotal year. And then third year, we get more into prosthodontics. So fixed pros, removable pros. Um, You start seeing a lot more patients. You start doing a bit more independent work. Crown preps, which I, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with. (laughs) And then moving on from there, fourth year is meant to be the most fun year. So in that you kind of go over just seeing a load of patients. We have our elective, we get placements in different areas as well. So one of them is Portsmouth, which I'm looking to do. And then fifth year is the stressful year where you kind of just get ready to uh, go into DFT and work your way up to, you know, work at the practice that you'd enjoy. So yeah, that's kind of a basic summary. Thanks for that. And it does seem like you are kind of building on 
learning the kind of science behind dentistry and then introducing clinical procedures as you move on up through mm. the years and then kind of see patients and things. In terms of your kind of first clinical exposure, you said there that you go into working on the phantom heads in BDS2. Mm. When is it that you will see your first patient? So for me, I've had a bit of a weird introduction, obviously because of COVID. Mm. Um, traditionally speaking, we were meant to see our first patients end of March of like the March of second year. So I think what the second term or third term, something like that. Um, but for me personally, I only just saw my first patient two months ago. And I'm, you know, that was at the end of third year. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's all a little bit up in the air. But generally speaking, you are meant to see your first patient uh, middle to end of second year. Mm. And how did you find that then from sort of, you know, not having that exposure in second year? Um, at first, it was a little bit frustrating and upsetting because you kind of like, I just want to see patients. You know, this is the whole point I did dentistry. Yeah. Um, but it allows you to have a lot more appreciation for the theory side of dentistry. So I had a lot more time to go over things, uh, really work on my craft in a sense. Mm -hmm. And when I did eventually see my first patient, it was a really great experience. And every successive one I've had has been really fun to treat yeah. so you know it, it it was good in the end I guess yeah nice to hear that and like you were saying it gives you time to sort of get the basics there and practice and mm -hmm. clinical skills and stuff as well which brings us on quite nicely to you know what are the clinical facilities like at King's yeah so recently we had a brand new like refurbishment um on floor 20 so floor 20 on Kings is like our clinical skills floor. It's kind of where all the cool kids are. Um, so we do all our crown preps there, all the phantom head work, uh, restorations, etc. And there's a there's quite a lot of clinical exposure, I'd say, in terms of like phantom head work. Um, as I said, right now it's a little bit different than it used to be. Uh, for me, I was in about twice a week doing clinical skills, um, and that kind of follows through from second year all the way to fourth year, I, I assume, whilst you start transitioning from, you know, those phantom heads into patients. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned earlier about a practical exam. Is that, you know, is it, is it the phantom heads that you use in the fan, in the practical exam? Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's on that same, literally floor 20 is where everything happens. So you do your practical exam there. Um, I had something called like, um, like my crown prep exam a few weeks ago, which I had there as well. Mm -hmm. So you do everything on that floor and it's very, very recently been renewed and there's a lot of new technology. Um, so it, it's, it's quite nice. I really enjoy it. And it's actually, this has made me, remi made me remember. So one of the things I do like about Kings is you're in Guy's Tower. So you do get like a really amazing view of London oh, nice. when you're doing your work, yeah. drilling, filling, all that stuff. So yeah, that's that's quite fun. Yeah, you look up and you get that view. Quite nice. <laughs> yeah, saw a blimp the other day as well, which was interesting. So. <laughs> amazing. Um, so sort of following on from like the practical aspect, like the exam aspect, what other exams style does Kings adapt? Um, so Kings, mostly you have MCQs and essays. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I'd summarize it. Um, you also have your OSCEs, but this year our OSCEs got repurposed into something called the CME, which is like a clinical management exam. So we had an online OSCE, which kind of went through different stations. It was a little bit odd, but wasn't too bad in the end. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so it's mostly MCQs, essays. You have essays also throughout the year which don't count to your final grade, but they have to be passed in a sense. So you also have that. And the final thing would be just the practical exams, as I've mentioned, like the ones just to show that you've reached a certain level and that you can be a safe beginner on patients. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Mm -hmm. 
That's quite interesting, actually, that you guys do essays. Because um, mm. I know for, for us, we don't kind of do essays, do we, Becky? No. It's more kind of clinical scenario papers that we do, as mm. well as the multiple choice uh, papers. So that's quite interesting. How do you find those kind of essay style exams? Hmm. Um, at first, I didn't like them at all. Uh, over time, I've just kind of got used to them. And uh, famously, like third year is meant to be the toughest year in terms of exams. So I've just had those. They they weren't dreadful, mm -hmm. which is good. Like I made it to, to fourth year, which is which is a good sign. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, generally speaking, I'd say I'd, I'm not a big fan of essays, but I've just got used to them now. Like it kind of gets into the rhythm of things. Yeah. We had mm -hmm. like a five thousand word, like five six thousand word um, mini dissertation we had to do at the end of, in the beginning of second year. So you kind of get used to the essays. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that is a good point to make as well. Like I think students or aspiring students do look at the course structure and like oh I don't that's mm -hmm. that's not going to suit me and then when you actually are you know and you're there and you get into the swing of things you just kind of get used to it and adapt yeah. it and try and make it the best the best situation that you can really um yeah don't have a choice <laughs> no that's that's also another yeah. aspect but it's you know you do you can you you find your flair though don't you mm. yeah true um Kind of linking back to what you said earlier about um, kind of doing a bit of placement at Portsmouth, is that kind of like outreach placement for you guys down there? Yeah, I'd, I'd define it as an outreach placement, basically. Um, we've not been given too much information about it because it's usually, from my understanding, it's the end of fourth year, and I'm still a little okay. way away from that. Um, but yeah, we kind of do our, we'd go you get placed out there accommodation etc and you do like a, a placement for a couple of weeks okay and is that just is it just the one area that you go to or do you rotate around i think you get placed at a specific area so there's portsmouth okay. there's i think you can stay at guys and i think the last one is west norwood hospital i think um so you have like a selection and you kind of submit which ones you want and then you know sometimes it's a luck-based thing or how good the application is mm -hmm. right and have you guys got a opportunity or an option to do like an elective or anything like that yes that's also in fourth year so yeah. everything kind of happens, happens in fourth, in fourth, year, fourth year, year to be honest um yeah so you can do an elective uh for a few weeks or some people go even longer it's kind of dependent on the uni schedule uh, we've had there's always a change in uni schedule every year, especially with COVID as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, usually it is in fourth year. Mm -hmm. And is that like locally or can people go like internationally? Or... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's local or international. It's totally up to you. You make that decision. Um, some people make the decision to go to, you know, lesser developed countries to see a completely different uh, health system. Some go to countries with a very interesting and developed like education system. So I know some that went to Japan, Tokyo, etc. Um, it's it's totally up to the person or you can just do it locally like just stay home go to a local place if you really want to mm -hmm. it's, it's totally up to you yeah it's quite mm -hmm. nice that you've got the freedom to do that mm -hmm. and is that a requirement to do the elective i'm not too sure that's a great question um as i said <laughs> everything's kind of i feel like everything's just up in the air because of covid mm -hmm. uh, from my yeah. understanding it's up to you if you want to go international or not like you mm -hmm. don't have to um, in terms of if it's a necessity, I'm not 100% sure. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It's not something that every dental school does either. So yeah. that's, mm -hmm. that's something that sort of will um, make things sort of stand out to those that are 
looking right now um to sort of come away from you know the dental school and things how do you find london as a city to live in to be honest i i love it like i've been in london my whole life basically so it wasn't really much of a change like um i live at home when i commute to university you know um so yeah for me it's completely normal nothing's really changed i like it very diverse a lot of things to do mm -hmm. you'll never be bored in london mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and with staying at home like you say um in terms of living costs and things of people that you maybe know and stuff how does that kind of add up oh living costs <laughs> I hear London is rather expensive. Mm. Oh, yeah, rather expensive is uh, an understatement. It's extremely expensive. Um, mm -hmm. Like it is expensive. I will say that, and it is something that really, you really do need to consider if you do apply to London. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not a small thing. Um, however, it can be offset quite a lot if you just find a good group of friends and you share an apartment or something, which is what a lot of people that I know do. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, like one of the reasons why I wouldn't move into London, number one, because I can, I'm lucky enough that I can travel. Um, but at the same time, even if I wanted to get a bit closer, I would not pay that money. Like it's way too much. Um, mm -hmm. And that is something that, you know, as an aspiring student, you need to consider because a lot of people just say, oh, I want to go to a cool university. This is this, this and that and the other. But those living costs really add up and it really can change your quality of life, especially with a stressful degree like, like dentistry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think as you point out quite rightly there is a huge factor yeah when you come in to make your decision of which dental school to go to is mm -hmm. really can i actually afford to be where that dental school is it may be the best one in your eyes but are you going to be fully happy there for exactly. five years if you're struggling every month financially exactly um and kind of linking back to London and the dental school as well where is the dental school in comparison to kind of the center of London and access to things is it easy to get to yeah I'd say it's it's quite easy to get to um the cool thing as well is it's on the Jubilee line so if anyone's from out of London Jubilee line you get um like 4G on the underground so you can still use your phone and stuff which is quite cool um but yeah it's at London Bridge Station quite central actually very central quite easy to get to right next to the shard you'll probably see every single king student snapping the shard like 50 times a day um <laughs> so yeah in terms of access it's very easy to get to not too hard and you can live in various different areas in london and still have pretty good access to it mm -hmm. and how have you found yourself living at home and going to uni um I found it quite okay, to be honest. If I really want to go to something in London, if I really want, to, if I'm seeing my friends and stuff, I've never really felt like it's a big, you know, issue mm -hmm. traveling in mm -hmm. because my whole life I've kind of been traveling in and out anyway. Like even for my secondary school, I travel like an hour and a half to get there. For my um, sick form, it was like half an hour. So I've, I've all, I'm quite used to traveling. Yeah. To to mm -hmm. go to like uni and going out and stuff. So it, it's really not not had that much of an impact, impact. on. Me. Do you think there's anything that you've missed out on for not staying central and maybe in halls or things like that? Um, definitely, there'll probably be some social events that I probably missed out on and some things that maybe yeah. I was a bit too tired to go to after clinics. <laughs> but overall, I think if there's something I wanted to go to, I'd go to it. Like I never really felt like, oh, I can't bother to go today. Yeah. It's always been, if I really want to go, I'll make the effort. If not, just stay at home, watch <laughs> some Netflix. So no issues there. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think that's that's an important thing as well for, that people will be considering. Oh, can mm. can I stay at home? Should I go into halls and stuff like that? So it's quite good to hear that you don't really feel like you've 
missed out on a huge amount by staying at home and no. you certainly not missed out financially yeah that's that's something as i said a lot of with university i feel you, when you're applying especially this is just to all the applicants when you're applying you get caught up in this oh my god i can't wait to start i'm going to be in dentistry i'm going to be at this university whatever but there's so many like realities that hit you and it's just like finances and i need to balance this i need to do that i want to enjoy this so it's good to have like living at home eliminates a lot of those issues mm -hmm. but i won't lie and say like as there are definitely some things i probably have missed out on so that is something to consider but for me i don't lose any sleep over it basically mm-hmm mm -hmm. Yeah. It's all about prioritizing, though, isn't it? Really, as well, it's like time mm -hmm. management and stuff. Like, if you really want something, you will find time for it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, to sort of summarize, I guess everything. What would you say the best thing is for you, um, like attending King's College? Hmm. Best thing about attending King's. Um. The the thing is, I really do love King's. In general like the actual atmosphere there mm -hmm. so i can't i don't know how to explain it. it's just the atmosphere there i really enjoy i don't think there's another dental school i'd want to go to because i'd only want to stay in london and you know queen mary's is not my favorite area in the world uh even though most of my mates go there <laughs> but yeah so like king's is really the only option um in terms of the things that i do really enjoy you are surrounded by some really amazing people that's one thing i'll say Sometimes it can be a negative thing because you've got that like competitive spirit and, you know, no one's really in your face, but you always feel like everyone's just trying to be the best. Uh, but for me, that that just drives me. And it's it's a it's an atmosphere that I feel makes me strive a lot in dental school and, you know, enjoy what I do. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, I like I like things overall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's nice to hear. Um, it's good. It's interesting that like you wanted to stay um, like in London. And then mm -hmm. you were saying that you didn't want to go to Queens. Yeah, I don't know. I've the thing with Queen Mary's is I have no issue with the actual university. I actually think the teaching there is fantastic, and I've heard some really good things. It was just for me, like my sixth form was in that area anyway, so I've I'd been there for two years already. Like I was always making mm -hmm. the same journey, um, and also the dental school wasn't my favorite in terms of like the actual aesthetic. So I just like Kings a bit more. So that's kind of the reason why I made that decision. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's fair. And it's like you mentioned like loads of different aspects to your decision there, like the location, mm -hmm. the fact that you'd done that already, and mm -hmm. it's just taking everything into consideration, yeah. isn't it? Really? Yeah, I suppose in a way, um, with wanting to stay in London, going to a different location than what you're used to is almost like kind of going to a uni that's a mm. wee bit further away and a, a wee a wee bit different in terms of area and things. Yeah. Going way back to when you were applying yourself, mm -hmm. what was the sort of process for you so that you would have your UCAT and your academic requirements and stuff like that, but actually applying to Kings? How would you describe that experience? Uh, it was it was an interesting experience. I'd say it was a bit stressful for me because my first interview was Kings and I knew from the very start that that was like my number one option. So it was a little bit of a stressful experience. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the actual interview though, it was by far my easiest interview. If I had to like categorize all the ones I've done, that was the one that I felt the most comfortable at. That was the one that I had the least challenges um, and least hiccups. And it just kind of went very smooth. Uh, with regards to like the actual getting in like entry requirements and stuff, thankfully I, I didn't really have there were no like flags raised about that so yeah pretty good overall i'd say the interview was was mm -hmm. not as i say this to people as well a lot of the time you work yourself up over the interview then when you finally do it you're like you know what it actually wasn't that bad um because you've done mm -hmm. your, if you if you really want to get in you've mm -hmm. done that preparation you kind of know what you want to say uh so yeah 
that's that's it really it was fine for me and i i thought it was a really good experience mm-hmm. and was it like a mmi or was it like mm-hmm. a panel interview yeah it was mmi and they still do mmi now uh, i think mm-hmm. in the covid year they might have changed it slightly because it was online uh, but now it's mm-hmm. 99% mm-hmm. sure it's just mmi yeah it's it's nice to hear that you had a good experience with that and i think a lot of the interviews I've done myself have all been MMIs too. And it's quite nice that maybe if you didn't feel that you did so well on one station, yeah. you go to the next one, you're like, oh, restart, let's Move go on. again. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is quite nice. Yeah, I would agree with you, Becky, there. Um, that is, you kind of, you don't get overwhelmed as easily in the MMIs, I think, because if it's just a panel or stuff like that, you've got, continuous question mm. after question and there's no kind of escape whereas mmi once you finish the station you've maybe got a couple minutes to read up on the next station kind of get yourself back in the yeah. frame mentally to to go and smash the next one if you've maybe not done as well and kind of a bit of advice for people i would say would be that just because you maybe not done as well as you thought in one station doesn't mean that the the interview's no. over and you're not going to get mm-hmm. a, an offer. Um, so just kind of keep that in mind. If one station doesn't go well, don't let that drag on with you throughout the whole interview. Kind of try and have a word with yourself and reset your frame of mind and just do as well yeah, as you can. 100%. Yeah, definitely. I think that sort of brings us on quite nicely to, do you have any advice, Faris, for those that are listening? Mm-hmm. Um, that are thinking to apply oh advice um if i had to say one thing like that will hold true and i think is really important it's really spend the time to look at the universities you're applying to i feel like a lot of the time the people get a bit stressed out about okay i don't really know what to say in my interviews i don't know what to put my personal statement if you make a bit of effort if you look onto the sites if you look into the different qualities they want the different experiences they're expecting you to have you can craft yourself into this quote-unquote perfect candidate and that's kind of my advice to you guys, which is go out there, do some extra research, write things down and try and fill in the gaps in your application. And trust me, it will do wonders and you'll do a lot better than you expect. So yeah, that's that's kind of my like mm-hmm. prime advice to people. Yeah, that's some great advice, actually. Um, and I suppose the more you read about a place, the more you're going to know if that's the right place for you. Exactly. You might come across things that you think, actually, I'm not too fussed for that. So maybe this isn't the right place for me 100 percent. through your journey at dental school you've um done some amazing things with your instagram youtube and podcasts and things and can you tell those that are listening how they can access this yeah so with regards to the instagram and the youtube it's just uh faris dent so faris and then just dent uh, not too hard so yeah on there i just post content um, to do with the application process, what it's like being at dental school and trying to go into this whole idea of, you know, how to optimize your time whilst you are in dental school, because I feel like there's not that much advice about how you can really make the most out of those five years. Um, and with regards to the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, I've got one called the, you know, the drill podcast where similar kind of style here, we just interview a load of guests, try and give you guys some insight because dentistry is so broad and so varied and, uh, yeah, we really try and bring you guys like some some experiences from some world leading dentists and amazing dental students. Perfect. Well, it's been great having you on. Cheers. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to have you, Faris. And thanks again for letting us know a little bit more about Kings. My pleasure.
Thank you for having me. We are really enjoying making these episodes and we hope you have found them interesting and learned a little more about dentistry. And you can follow us on Instagram at dental underscore appointment to keep up to date with us. Until our next episode. Bye. Bye.